Why don't you help me celebrate Jesus Christ in this place and give God a hand, clap of praise, for he is holy and he is worthy. And while you keep keeping your hands together, we thank God for our praise team and our media ministry and our ushers and all of you. Uh, my brothers and sisters, it is good to be here. For this is the day the Lord has made, and we ought to rejoice and be and be glad in it. I hope you've been enjoying this series in the Psalms as we have been uh, rotating different voices. And next Sunday, you'll be able to hear from our senior pastor as well addressing the Psalm. Um, but I hope that it's been encouraging to you. One of the things I enjoy about God's Word is how it's uncensored, how God has blessed us to be able to share with us some guidance in every season of our lives. That's really what the Psalms are. There is no season in your life that a psalm will not address. And so if ever you're going through what you're going through, I invite you to journey in this rich collection that God has used believers in the past to communicate with us today so that we might know of his faithfulness. I'm glad I got one amen because I may not have another one after this. The reason I say that is because the psalm we're about to dive into is Psalm 42. Some of you may be familiar with this particular psalm. It is the first psalm of the second book of the Psalter, Psalm 42. Psalm 42 is uh, at least the first few verses. It's familiar to those who are part of the choir or sung in church for a while. And it's appropriate because this psalm is written by a worship leader, a Levitical, of the Levitical worship leader. And it is given to us that we might be able to look into his experience and see what God would have to tell us. You ready for my disclaimer? Okay, uh, this is not a happy psalm. This is a help you psalm. Because there will be times in our lives where we will face some of the same conditions that the psalmist faced in Psalm 42. Hear the word of God. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pant my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throne and lead them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall sing again of the praises to him, my salvation and my God. But my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? 
Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Did you hear what the psalmist said? He says, hope in God. No matter the season, no matter the setting, with all that you strain and struggle through, our word on this morning from this particular psalm is just that. Now, some of you right now, you might be thinking, well, I'm not going through anything right now. I'm not going through any trouble right now. I'm not going through any struggle right now. Well, that may be your reality, but I want to encourage you to not disconnect from me because it may be that this today may be a good day for you, but as my grandma would say, keep on living. Yeah, sadness may have come in your room, and if not there, it's sitting in the waiting room of your life, and it's not waiting for you to make an appointment. It's already made an appointment with you, and when time comes, sadness will follow you. Depression will come upon you. Despair will happen to you, and I want to help you understand something, that when you hear me use despair and, and bouts and challenges with depression, and, and I want you to understand that, that there are those within the text who can uh, testify that these things happen even in the life of believers. I figured I'd only get about two amens on that one, so I brought my own witnesses. And you can scroll through the Bible, the biology of those who've trusted in God, like Hannah, and she'll tell you she had her bout of depression right there in the sanctuary before the altar. You can get with Elijah. Elijah can tell you on a good Sunday I was doing real good, but by the end of that day I was running for my life and asking God to take my life. You can ask Jonah when God wanted him to minister to a whole other people that he really didn't like. Uh, he said, God, you know what? I don't want to do it. I want you to go ahead and, and take my life. You can, if you don't want to ask them, go ahead and flip over to the New Testament. Ask Martha and Mary who were dedicated to Christ but had a problem when a situation happened and there was death in their family and now they're grieving. They can tell you that all of us at one time or another will spend some time in depression, will spend some time in despair, will spend some time in sadness. Oh, let me check here for a moment. Uh, anybody in here besides those in the Bible who can testify right now just for a moment? Just let somebody know. Listen, you see me right now, but you don't know what I've been through. There's some struggles I've been through that you wouldn't be able to realize. But God in his faithfulness, let me not preach too quickly, uh, be able to rescue me out of all that I was going through. A depressed Christian is not a contradiction of terms. It's a reality that as a church, we must learn to address with the hope-filled truths of who God is and his faithfulness to guide us in those transitions so we can transition from the disposition of despair. All grief in itself is an experience. I know we prefer to uh, ignore it rather than embrace it. But if we're going to grow... If we're going to be all that God is creating and purposing for us to be, we need to know how to handle it when we find ourselves going through difficulty. Difficulty, sadness. Now, it could be an occasional sadness, or it could be a chemical imbalance requiring God's gift of medicine. It could be seasonal depression or Trauma that requires ongoing therapy or counseling. But as you live, if you live long enough, 
you'll be able to testify that sadness, no matter how it comes, is both personal and universal. I know you saw the smile on your, on your neighbor's face, but don't get that thing twisted. They have had some time where they too had to wrestle with the reality of this sadness. It will visit you in your life because it's a part of the human experience. That some days you're going to be real good, and the other days, don't nudge your husbands right now, you're going to just wake up on the wrong side of the bed. You might be upset and don't even know why you're upset. You're going through some things, and you don't even know why you feel the way you feel. Because on one hand, you know what God's Word said, but on the other hand, you don't feel it like He said it. Okay, you're not with me just yet here. On one hand, you might wake up one day, and you're feeling down, but you know that your faith tells you that you are a child of God. And one day, you might wake up, and you might feel like your world is falling apart. But the faith tells you all things work together for the good of those who love God. You wake up one morning and your faith is trying to inform you that this is the day the Lord has made. You are rejoiced and be glad in it. But your feelings are saying, I don't feel like rejoicing today. So what do we do when, when our feelings are in, 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 in conflict with our faith? This is where we find our, our, our place standing in the tension of the reality that the psalmist is speaking of. Because don't get this thing twisted. Uh, this psalmist is not no novice. This psalmist who's writing this is not one who just came to the faith. No, you ought to check the superscript because it says that he's part of the sons of Korah, which means that he was part of the worship praise team. He was leading in worship. In fact, when you see his writing, he says, you know what? I was, I was leading out in worship. That means I know God. I know God's Word. I, I, I studied God's Word. I seen God's Word, Matthew. I, I'm a part of, of the faith the journey, and yet with all of that, even the strongest of us can find ourselves weak sometimes. That's why you're not, you ought not take it for granted, uh, not praying for one another. I get it. I get it. You come into worship and, and, and you're waiting for that inspiration from God's word and you should and you're, you're looking to hear from God and you should be. But, but don't forget that God also gave you a holy responsibility to pray for me and pray for all those around you because all of us at one time are strong one day yeah. oh, and we can be weak the next. I, I knew I had, to, I had to find some uh, a witness right about here. So I called him Isaiah. He says, uh, God gives power to the faint, which means some people faint. And to him who has no might, God increases his might. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall fall exhausted. But they that wait upon the Lord, uh, he shall renew their strength. He'll mount up on wings as evil. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint. But don't miss it. He begins by saying, you will grow weak and you, you will become weary. Why? Because in this season of life, we'll find ourselves dealing with some struggles. Sometimes those struggles will bring you into dark places of despair. This leader in the church, he allows us to peer into his reality, and he describes himself as a deer, as a deer that, that's panting, as a deer that, that is longing for, desiring, um, needing the life nourishment that comes from a stream. He says, just like that deer, I'm feeling that my soul is thirsty for God, which means then he's saying, I'm experiencing a spiritual drought. 
I'm experiencing some stuff that on the outside, it may not look like what I'm going through, but on the inside, if you knew uh, that I'm reaching for God, trying to figure out, God, are you still with me? And yet it feels, Joshua, like God is distant from me. Anybody want to be real up in here? Uh, well, sometimes you feel, God, are you even here? Do you see what I'm going through? Are you absent from my reality? I see how you're moving in her life, and I see how you're moving in his life, but it looks like you forgot all about me. Anybody ever been there before? This is where the psalmist is. He says, my soul is, is thirsty for you. He says, when shall I come and appear before you? When, when will I experience that again? See, he's had an experience with God, and now he wants to relive that experience. And yet, that experience is not coming on demand. And he's struggling, Shannon, because he's not getting the same experience he was getting the last time he went to worship. And there he is. There he is in text. He says, he says I, I'm looking for you. I, I need you, God, to refresh me. But the only thing I'm getting is my tears and my, as my food day and night. He says, I, I'm in despair. I'm depressed. While everything around me is asking the question, where is your God? Thoughts he's wrestling with is asking the question, where is your God? those who are witnessing his life, because now he's not high on the mountaintop, he's going through the valley. And people don't want to ask you where God is when, you, when you're being blessed, when they see your blessing. They, they typically ask you where God is when they see you going through. Can I go ahead and tell you? God's in the same place he was when you're on the mountaintop. That's when you're in the valley. God won't leave you. God won't forsake you. God is so much God, he'll always be there with you, even if you don't feel like he's with you. It doesn't change the reality that God is with you. Um, I'm here. I'm here. I, um, I was thinking about this um, as I was reading one of my, my favorite writers. Uh, one of my favorite writers is Henry Nouwen. Um, and Henry Nouwen said uh, in his book, Inner Voice of Love, check this out. He says, the pain you suffer now is meant to put you in touch with the place where you most need healing. Your very heart. It's required soul therapy. This is where the psalmist is. And notice that while he's going through this season, as he describes it to us, check out what he does in verse 4. He says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would, I would go before uh, the, basically the congregation and lead them into worship. Check what he says. He says, these things I remember. Note something in the text. Note that even though there's questions and inquiry about where is God and God, have you forgotten me? God, are you there? Who is he talking to? Mm, you'll catch it in a little bit here. Uh, he says, I pour out my soul. So he's speaking to God. He's pouring out his soul to God, letting him, not, and, and not only pouring out his soul, he's also reflecting or remembering his experience with God. I hope you get this. Because when you find yourself on this particular journey where you're feeling like you're deflated and de depleted and you're depressed and you're in despair, might I encourage you to remember your past encounters with God. 
Remember the last time when you were with God and he lifted up your, your hope. Remember the last time you were with God and he infused you with some joy. Remember the last time you were with God and he kept you in perfect peace when your mind was stayed on it. Remember the last time you were with God when you were at your end, you're, you're at the cliff, you're about to jump over and God spoke to you in the midst of world worship. Remember your last, and do you have a last time with God? Let me check for a moment here because only a believer can have a last time encounter with God. He says, he says, I remember, and here it is, it's personal because nobody can remember for you. That when you're going through, it's important for you to peel back the, your spiritual resume and remember when God was talking to you. Uh, okay, well, he also does something else. Not only does he remember, uh, but in his remembering, he, he recalls and recites some things to himself. I'm still in text. Uh, he, he says, um, these things I remember, I pour myself out to God. And then look at it in verse 5. He says, uh, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Do you see it there? Huh? He's having that internal uh, dialogue. Do you see it there? He's talking to himself. Uh, don't look at nobody right now. I'm, I'm talking to you. Because it's important for us to understand uh, that there are times in our lives where we, are have to, we have to have a conversation with the thoughts in, the, in our minds. We have to have a conversation with the thoughts that try to dissuade us from our, 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 our firm foundation in Christ Jesus. We have, to have a, we have to have a conversation with our own thoughts or with, our, with ourselves. I like the way D. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote it. He says, have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? So you take those thoughts that come to you at a moment when you wake up. Say, so you didn't originate those thoughts, but they were there talking to you. He says, bringing you back to the problems of yesterday. Having you wondering about re recycling the hurt of yesterday. He said, no, when that happens, you ought to take hold of those thoughts and begin to talk to your thoughts about what God says today. You're missing it already. He says we have to learn how to inform our feelings with our faith until our feelings begin to reflect the faith that we know we have. There are times you won't feel like it. But you got to face your way through that thing. There are times you won't look like it, but you got to face your way through it. There are some times when you feel like you can't take another step forward because you're still stuck and paralyzed by the pains of yesterday. But let me help you understand something. You serve a God who enables you that when you rely on him, he'll give you the power to keep on going forward even when you want to stay still. I'm in text. I'm in text. He He's saying hope. He's telling himself hope in God. I, you know, it's amazing how God does that thing. I, um, sometimes, uh, Randy, when, when, I'm, when, I'm, um, when I'm preparing and meditating on the text, uh, I, I tend, to, tend, to, tend to kind of live through that thing. Some, some of you may experience that thing. Some of you may experience I'm going to be transparent on you. Uh, I got a microphone, so I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, so. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I was there. I was there. I was there. You see, I was, uh, you know, not long ago, I, I, was, I was chatting with my therapist, and I, I said, you know, I don't know, but with everything happening in my life, I should be happy. I said, you know, I, 
I completed my doctoral work. Uh, my, my wife just, just won a, a publishing contest. Uh, the kids, uh, uh, I got one kid left to get out of the house. I said, I, I should be happy. He said, so what, why am I not, not happy? My therapist said, um, perhaps it's because you are grieving, trying to hold on to things that you are grieving instead of embracing things that are in your next. I held on to that for a moment. I said, yeah, there's a lot of changes happening in my life. Uh, a lot of changes. I said, now, now, in the midst of it all, here I was. Here was Anthony. It's just you and I, man. It, 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 just, you, just you and I in here, you know. Uh, we, 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 there I was, in the midst of, of dealing with the realities of life, telling myself, well, everything happening, I should be, I should be joyful. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to always be happy, right? No, 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 don't, don't let that fool you. Uh, uh, so here I am, uh, I'm struggling with the reality, and, and she's challenging me, telling me that, that there's some things that I'm grieving, but in my grieving, I'm so focused on what I think is changing that I'm not focused on what God may be doing. And so there I was, there I was, I said, okay, I've got to preach it to him uh, to remember God. Okay, well, then remember what God has done. But some of us right now, you may have said, well, I haven't had an experience with God. Then you need to reach forward toward God for what God can do. But in all of it, you got to recall to yourself what God is doing. So check out text. He goes on in verse, uh, verse 7. Well, no, no, verse 6, verse 5. I'm going to get it right. Verse 5, um, where he's talking to himself. And he says, hope for I shall again praise him, my, the God of my salvation, then he says, my soul is cast down within me, therefore I will remember from the land of the Jordan and of Hermon and of Mount Mizar. These particular mountains that he is reflecting, reflecting on, he's saying, this is where I am, I'm in this land. But get this now, this land is far from the place of worship, far from Jerusalem. He's actually at the beginning point of the Jordan, and he's looking back saying, I'm not even over there, and so I feel like I'm far away, but I'm going to remember you even when I'm distant from the place of worship. Because you're here on Sunday. But come Monday, you'll be distant from the place of worship. On Tuesday, you'll be distant from the place of worship. But don't forget that you can call on God even when you find yourself or feel like you're, you're distant from worship. You're never truly distant from God. Look what he says in verse 7. He says, deep calls to the deep. At the roar of your waterfalls. There he is by the Jordan. He says, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. Do you see it yet? Mm, okay, let me, let me say it again. Maybe I'm saying it too quickly. He is seeking God, but at the same time he's seeking God, he's trusting God. Hmm. Notice what he says. He says, I'm in a deep place that can really take my life. I'm in a deep place of despair uh, and looking for hope. And he says, as the roar of your waterfalls, all of your breakers and your waves have gone over me, by day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and by night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Check it. He says, whatever I'm going through, God, you're still in control. 
you miss it. It's your waves. It's your waterfalls. I, I know it's difficult for me to go through right now, but I understand that as a believer, everything I go through is filtered through the hands of the Father, which means then I can't go through it if he didn't already said that it permitted me to go through it. So he's already paved the way that even when I go through it, I can have the assurance that he is still right there. If I can't feel him, he's right there with me. If I don't look like I can see him, he's right there with me because he's in control of all of it. That's his, that's his sovereignty. And he says, I'm recalling, but I'm also reflecting on your sovereignty. Then he goes on, he goes on and says, uh, check it out, because you know that he believes that God is there, even though his circumstances may be questioning some things, and even though his feeling may be in conflict with his fate, he says, but I know by day the Lord commands his steadfast love, his faithfulness over me. He says, I know it. Don't miss this. That there's some, don't allow your feelings to always control what you think you know when the truth is God has already demonstrated in your life, particularly if you've been walking with him, he's demonstrated in your life what you ought to know, which means then the same God who was with you the last time you thought you weren't going to make it out is the same God who's with you this time when you think you're not going to make it out is the same God who will be with you the next time you think you won't make it out. The same God who was with you when you gave up but he didn't give up on you is the same God who's with you right now who says, I will never leave you. That's what our Savior says. I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. So remember God. And, and, and lastly, look at it. He says, not only remember God, he says, but, but hope in God. He said in verse 5, he says, hope in God, uh, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And later on in the same text, uh, at later at the end of, the, at the end of this uh, Psalter, in verse 11, he says, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. He continues to inform himself that in all that he's feeling, that he has to always return to the reality that his hope is in God. Mm-hmm. Hope, hope. It's, it's experiencing the present faithfulness of God while you're feeling like God has forgotten you. Did you get it? It's, it's being able to shift your, 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 your view and your focus so it's no longer on feeling that God is far from you, but getting assessment of everything that's happening around you so that you can realize that God is still being good to you. Oh, you're not with me just yet here. Oh, you still stuck with me in the therapist? Okay, there it was. Uh, yeah, I was talking to the therapist. I know you still stuck there. It's all right. Um, some of you need to be in therapy. I'm just, just, just put it out there. Um, but, but check it out. So, so there it was. I, was. I was living this reality, right? I'm looking. I'm looking for, uh, for God. Where are you? I, I know you didn't abandon me, but it feels like sometimes. I, I know you're not absent, but it feels like, God, where are you? Then July 17th happened. No, you don't know what July 17th happened? On July 17th, I joined the club. Oh, you, you still don't know. Okay, let me, let me see if I can fix this thing. Um, um, I, uh, I got a call that, um, that my son and his wife, uh, well, the baby was coming. Yeah, and, and I got a call, and, and when I got that call, um, then, then all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there at the house and I'm thinking, you know, um, I'm not in the right frame of mind to go, go over there and do all that. You know, I'll, I'll catch him the next time. Catch him, catch, not the next time, but, you know, the next day. <laughs> next day, next day, next day. You know, and so, but, but then the, the Holy Spirit um, compelled me 
to go there. And I got to that hospital, and I looked in the face of Miss uh, Loyalty uh, Drea, and I looked at her face, and, and well, I don't just have to look at her face. Uh, I know I'm a proud grandfather now. <laughs> and when I looked at her face, God reminded me that I'm the God of life, and I create things new. And I said, oh, my God, that baby started smiling. I'm telling you the truth. God, I'm sure baby started smiling. Tim, I was like, now, if a baby who don't yet know God the way I know God, if a baby who just came into the world not knowing the infections and all that, that's all around it. If a baby who doesn't know its own name just yet can smile and be joyful in the Lord, then look at me. All that God has done for my life, and look at you. All that God has done for your life, you ought to be able to say to your soul, hope in God. Why? Because he's our hope. Hope in God. Why? Because if he made a way then, he'll make a way again. Hope in That's all I can tell you. That's all I can tell you, whatever you're going through, that you hope in God. What does that mean? It means don't give up on God. Don't give up on him. No matter what the enemy tries to persuade you, your God is real. The reality of his person being real is on display all around us. Nature displays the goodness of our God. The word of God declares our God to be real. But not only is he real, Austin, he's faithful. Amen. Yeah, he's faithful. And, he, and those who place their trust in him, let me show you how faithful he is, is that when you don't feel him and you fall into your knees, you realize that he is the God who's been carrying you and been holding you. I'm, I'm done now, but, but when you look at that psalmist, he, he describes God as, he says, he says, you're my God. Verse 8, you're the God of my life. Verse 9, you're God, you're my rock. It means that no matter what I feel, this is the fact that I know that when God is your God, then he's the rock on which you stand. He's a solid rock. He asked the question, the circumstance asked the question, where is God? Our Savior Jesus answered that when he came to earth, becoming a sacrifice for each of us. That if we confess the Lord Jesus with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. We're a part of the family of God. And the assurance that Christ gave us at the commission is as a part of the family of God, God will always be with you. He doesn't abandon his children. He doesn't walk out on his children. No. In fact, he's so much God Sally, he says, nothing shall separate you from the love of God. Yeah. Not trials, not tribulation, not distress. He says nothing. Not angels, not principalities, not the rules of darkness, or the rules of this age. And he wants you to have that kind of confidence so you can say, I am persuaded that nothing shall separate me. 
from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I hope you get it. That's in Christ Jesus because he's our Savior. And through him, he not only will be with us, but he is the hope that is all sufficient that we need. So I invite you to bow your heads all over the building. I do ask that there be no walking unless you're walking in response to this invitation. Some of us, you come in here and you've been truly burdened. Some of us, are, we've come in and our hearts and part of our lives seem to be falling all apart. But there is a God that when you place your faith and trust in him, he's able to hold the fragile pieces of your heart and bring it back together. So in a moment, I'm going to extend an invitation. And if today's the day that you're saying, in fact, make today the day that you're saying, I want this relationship with God. I want to place my hope in him. I want to pray for you. And then when you lift your eyes, you'll see our prayer partners standing in front of you because we want to celebrate what God is going to do in and through your life. Father, I thank you so much for your word. May we desire you like the psalmist, a deer that's panting for water. May we desire you. Not just what you can do, but that we desire your presence. And, and we know that with your presence comes everything that we need. And those who are making a decision to follow you on this day, I ask, Father, that you let nothing get in their way for them saying yes to you. Yes to Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior and accept you as the Lord and guide of their lives. It's in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.